Hey, hello, what's up, and welcome into this week's episode of the Geek Garage Podcast. I am Ted, joined as always by the uh, genius guy who created this show, Mr. David. How are you? I am great, and thank you for calling me genius guy. I feel like it's pretty fitting and accurate. I am a genius. It was very tongue-in-cheek, but so it goes. Um, Yes, this week's episode finds us covering and exploring the realm of ghosts, spirits, hauntings, uh, and all of that kind of fun and crazy shit in part two of our ongoing informal paranormal series. Uh, David, we got a lot of feedback about this one. Yeah, lots. We like a stupid amount almost. It was a stupid amount. That's, that's the best way to put it. I feel like, you know, I, I sent out a message on Facebook saying like, Hey, if you have ghost stories, please let me know. And for like the next three or four hours, I was like hopping back and forth between 15 different people, like just elaborate, giving me the most elaborate ghost stories I've ever heard in my entire life. And it cut to me like having to binge watch a season of the office just so I could get to sleep that night. Yeah. It's weird that so many, ha- so many people have experiences with ghosts because they're not real, but <laughs> we'll get to that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, we, we we already know we're like a minute into the podcast and we already know Ted's position. I have already alienated <laughs> a very solid and sizable percentage of our listeners. <laughs> Everyone's like, it's okay, Ted, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> so it goes. Uh, yeah, so it goes. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, I think we got more feedback on this episode um, or more, I think there was more of a dialogue with listeners based on this episode Mm -hmm. than maybe all of our other episodes combined, which (laughs) um, is a little disheartening. And also maybe it's time to pivot into what every other podcast is about, which is paranormal and true crime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's, let's dive deeper into the, the already saturated podcast market into a oversaturated podcast niche. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That nothing could go wrong. Well, let's not get too crazy, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, no. all jokes aside, you know, we do thank everyone for the support, um, and particularly for the support for this episode and for our informal paranormal series in general, this is only the second episode we've done of it so far, but, um, everything that we've posted about it and by we, I mean, David, uh, has posted <laughs> about it has, uh, has gotten a lot of positive attention mm-hmm. and it seems like a lot of people are interested in those topics which again there are like three million podcasts you could be listening to about that <laughs> i do not understand but uh, i'm not gonna look a gift horse in the mouth as the old saying goes yeah no i mean you're right we did get a lot of um yeah feedback's kind of a funny word considering the episode hasn't uh, come out yet but like you know inquisitions i guess and and just uh, nobody expects that uh <laughs> just a genuine sparked interest in, in the fact that we're exploring these other things. Like, you know, it it was, it came as a surprise. I think both of us, when we went to galaxy con and we, we heard about how much people liked the fact that we don't talk about just comic books or just video games, like or cosplay. Like we talk about everything that kind of has like, a fandom or some sort of geeky following of some sort. And, and so it was, 
Um, I, I think it just furthered that appreciation from our, you know, all seven of our listeners that uh, they appreciate a podcast that's willing to, you know, do episodes on comic books and cosplay and technology and ghosts, you know, and yes, which is fitting because like comic books, ghosts are not real. <laughs> I'm going to say that as many times as I can squeeze it in. I want you to hate me. I am nourished by your hatred. <laughs> I am nourished by your hatred. Uh, uh, yeah. Like with our first informal paranormal episode, we're only going to be scratching the surface on the topic of ghosts, which again, fake. Uh, so please forgive us when we inevitably leave things out. This is not meant to be uh, a lecture series or, uh, you know, an academic exercise. This is just two idiots talking about shit on a podcast. <laughs> so, you know, if we don't mention your uh, fave ghost, ghosty, post, post Malone, I don't know where I'm going. With that. <laughs> Did we don't you mention... say ghost Malone? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what if ghosts could get tattoos? That would be lit. <laughs> uh, like, just just imagine like Casper in the fucking chair, just you know, strapped up. He's getting like a uh, an arm full of like you know death metal font tattoos. Casper, the friendly reply guy. <laughs> <laughs> friendly reply guy. Okay. Uh, now that we've scratched the surface of that, uh, yeah, so we're probably going to leave some things out. It's not intentional. It's never intentional, and, and unless it is, in which case, you'll never know the difference. <laughs> uh, we do plan on talking about a few different things, such as some of the more popular or famous ghost stories, uh, some of our personal thoughts on the topic, which I feel like uh, mine are very clear so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David, I'm sure, will get his, his, uh, his words in edgewise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if we have time, we may have some listener stories. We'll, we'll see how the time goes. Uh, we will also cover what ghosts and spirits really are in lore and urban legends, um, going beyond what is represented in most popular media like movies, TVs, and books. Uh, and then we will attempt to respectfully discuss ghosts and spirits in a couple of different cultures and religions. Notice I said try. So yes, go ahead and get them Twitter pitchforks ready. <laughs> uh david i think that's it do you have anything else before we get started um no i i I say let's jump into this shit all right well uh, hit that music and let's get this shit show on the road all right boop So, David, um, you did a little bit of research here. We both did, mostly you. I did nothing. I contribute nothing except bad jokes, but again, neither here nor there. Um, you did a little research, and uh, tell us what you found about uh, ghosts in various cultures. So, upon my extensive research, not so much really, um, I, I did about... 20 to 30 minutes of searching on the interwebs and I I don't know why I was expecting something very similar to our first informal paranormal episode where we covered demonic possessions and exorcisms where it was basically a handful of cultures and religions and whatnot that observe uh, said topic. I was, I don't know why, but I was kind of expecting something similar to that. Lo and behold, 
it would be much easier to tell you the cultures and the peoples around the world that don't believe in ghosts because it's quite minimal. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and, you know, I, I don't ghosts, you know, it, it, an argument could be made that it's a little reductive, but ghosts, spirits, hauntings, um, you know, there's a thousand synonyms for, you know, for the t- generic term ghosts, but they are observed in some form or fashion in pretty much any, any and every part of the world, every corner of this earth, they are observed in some way. Yeah. It's, it's basically like a human universal. Uh, yeah. We're very close to that where, you know, basically every people's uh, or culture has some belief in the afterlife or spirits or spirit worship or, you know, something, something to do, uh, something to that effect. Not all of them are the same. In fact, you know, there's a lot of variance and to me, that's really interesting in that it, it can be something so specific and yet Mm -hmm. have so much difference you know, from culture to culture, from people to people, even from person to person within a specific culture. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that's really interesting. Neither one of us are anthropologists or sociologists or, or anything to that effect. So we're not going to get too deep into that, into that, but right. Um, it is, it is really interesting. And, and to me, it shows like, you know, I'm going to get all hippie for a minute here, but you know, we basically, most of us all want the same things out of life and we need to understand that, we're a lot more alike than we are different for sure as humans, as we all float along this cosmic ball in the middle of a vast emptiness of space with no purpose. Right. Just <sighs> harpooning ourselves into the, the blackest of black that there ever was. Yes. We're um, becoming more goth by the day. <laughs> exactly. <We're, laughs> Earth is basically on its way to the cosmic hot topic. <laughs> We're all piled into our mom's minivan um, on the way to, you know, a uh, a teenage cover band of Susie and the Banshees. So. <laughs> uh, speaking speaking of hot topic um, and getting like dropped off at the mall and shit. Um, Ted, did I ever tell you about that time where like back when hot topic used to like be be that really creepy place that like the older ladies like hexed as they walked by. Um, I actually bought a book of spells. (laughs) Did I tell you that? No, because I would have remembered judging you harshly if you had, I mean, fair, but yeah, I, so, I mean, this was back when like hot topics sold that kind of stuff when, you know, you went, went in there and that's the kind of stuff that you were expecting to see. Like, you know, they, they still sold like, you know, your typical clothing merchandise and whatnot, but they also sold like really weird, uh, eclectic stuff that you sometimes found, find like earthbound and stuff. And yeah, I found a book of spells and I bought it and (laughs) my parents were none too pleased. I, I'm I'm sure not. Um, yeah, I grew up in a very, very strict Catholic household. Um, so yeah, my, my dad and especially my mom for whatever reason she was like yeah if i was with you i would not have allowed you to buy this i'm like damn like 
I didn't even really believe in it that much at the time. I just thought it was a, a neat book. I was like, uh, what if we could summon the devil and shit? <laughs> I too listen to Slayer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I think, I think we both thought it just to get back on track here. And, and uh, I think we both thought it was really interesting that, uh, Basically, every culture had some some belief in it. So that's for sure. That's really uh, interesting. You, uh, Ted, you have, and I'm I'm tr- promise I'm trying not to stereotype you. I do you have some knowledge about um, the Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertes, because I know that is a big um, big to do in the the Spanish and Hispanic community. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it is basically a celebration of the dead and uh, spirits and whatnot. Am I correct? Uh, broad strokes. Um, so okay. I was raised by white people. So, you know, my sure. knowledge of, of, of any of that is, you know, pretty, pretty much what everybody else learned on that one day in school where <laughs> we learned, where we learned that there was a world outside of honky town. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were very generous on that day. They're like, yeah. "Y'all are getting a treat today, kids." Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's 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 a celebration of of you know of, uh, of ancestors isn't really the the right word because I think when you say ancestors, a lot of people assume like distant past, right? Uh, but you sort of like your your forebears, you know, your sure great grandparents, great grandparents, things like that. So uh, and uh, and other family members that that may sadly have passed, but um, yeah, like, like family members that you would have personally got to meet and, and know in the, uh, in the flesh as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what it is not is, uh, you know, it's not, it's not Mexican Halloween. <laughs> uh, very much so. Uh, is that offensive? <laughs> if if someone were to ask like hey is that mexican halloween or just just say it ignorantly i think i mean to me i don't speak for everybody right i can only speak for myself to me it's only offensive if it's meant to offend so sure. if, if you're coming at me like the question you asked to somebody else that may have been offensive like how do you not know that but to me i'm just like why would david know that you know mm-hmm. why would the average person in nashville know that if they're not you know hispanic or latino right um so like i said it speaking only for myself it, it only causes offense if it's meant to in yeah my opinion you know there's there's a difference between being ignorant and true ignorance you know sure so uh but yeah like i said in broad strokes it's basically it's just uh a festival where people get together and and you know remember and celebrate friends and family that have passed on um Mm -hmm. you know it's there is a lot of pageantry and a lot of i don't know if costumes is really the right word but uh, like dressing up in in ways that you wouldn't like normally right clothe yourself um so like i said a lot a lot of pageantry a lot of um things like that but it's it's not the same as like halloween where you dress up because oh spooky scary or or, or whatever you know there's that's a purpose behind it beyond that but right it's uh it's kind of a complicated holiday and i don't want to i don't really want to get too deep into it and then somebody sure. who's like 
I guess more Mexican than me <laughs> would be like, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. And, and since we did say that we didn't really have a lot to talk about it as ghosts pertain to different religions and cultures in the world. Um, we definitely don't want to spend a ton of time talking about this in particular, but it was a question that I was kind of saving for the podcast because I figured it'd make for somewhat, you know, decent conversation for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, well, I hope you I hope you feel enlightened by that. <laughs> I do actually. It's uh, I, I learned something today. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so, so Ted, it's it very much sounds like you are on the, the non-believer approaching this topic from a practical standpoint kind of guy. Yeah. Um, like I've said previously, um, I always wanted to be a molder, but I'm very much a Scully to tie mm-hmm. it into like a geek reference. Like, um, right. I, I've just never been able to buy ghosts or I said this about the demons episode. Like I don't believe in that either, you know, mm-hmm. Um, so I guess in a way I'm kind of a square, but, um, there's just never, nothing has ever jumped out at me and been like, this is real. And something that really always solidified that to me is that people say, oh, well, if you're not open to it, then, you know, they're not going to present themselves to you, which is, that's, that's dumb. I should be the person they want to show up to and be like, motherfucker, <laughs> shut up. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so after talking to all these people uh, online or either digitally or, you know, the couple of, you know, conversations that I had with some friends that will be released after this episode, um, that's definitely not the impression that I get, uh, or the, the opinion that those kinds of people have that, that really believe in ghosts and spirits and an afterlife and hauntings, etc., is that they don't, they don't necessarily criticize and hold it against those that decide to not believe or just, you know, they're like, you can't prove it. So, uh, it's, it's more of a, I'm trying to figure out a way to put this in a way that it doesn't sound like I'm putting words in their mouth or generalizing. Um, it's just, it was a little different than what I was expecting from those that believe like just, I guess, broad strokes. They don't criticize non-believers the way that I initially thought, because I kind of, I go into this with an open mind personally. I, I think I side with Mulder in terms of like, I want to believe kind of, sort of mm-hmm. um i definitely believe in ghosts more than <laughs> our previous topic with the demonic uh possessions and exorcisms like i mean obviously exorcisms are quote-unquote real because they have been performed whether or not they are actually effective and doing anything is uh yeah that's a topic that yeah for another day um and so, yeah, I, I definitely believe or I'm inclined to believe some ghost stories uh, just because, like, I feel like almost everyone on Earth has had some sort of experience that they cannot explain, you know, some sort of paranormal uh, event that happens. 
And I think some people, you know, including me, find it a little fun to stretch your imagination and, and be like, you know, what, you know, let's have some fun with the fact that we can't really explain what this was. Um, so I, I think, you know, there's, there's that aspect of, you know, the, the belief structure in ghosts and spirits. Um, and then there's the, <laughs> there's the people that kind of sway farther in that direction, deeper down the rabbit hole where they're almost like, I wish I could choose to not believe, but I, my life has felt so fucking haunted and I've definitely talked to a few of those people over the last couple of days. Yeah. I mean, I'm of the opinion that just because we can't explain something doesn't mean we'll never be able to. And, um, sure. You know, I think that there's probably a rational explanation for a lot of so-called ghost and spiritual or well, spiritual in the non-religious sense, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, episodes so to speak but you know yeah who am yeah, i we... to deny somebody's lived experience right so uh despite my non-belief or disbelief uh lack of belief uh there are a lot of famous or infamous stories about ghosts david let's talk about some of those yeah yeah there's there's a lot um and like ted said in the beginning it would be an, an impossible task to take on them all in fact we would have to like he said have our own uh just morph the podcast into only paranormal shit and ghost we're, shit we're pivoting to paranormal <laughs> yeah that's what we're going to call the the podcast formerly known as this geek garage podcast <laughs> a youtube <Pivoting>. experience <laughs> <laughs> uh where we eat cereal at the same time yes. delicious um but yeah we we definitely won't be covering every single witch or every single witch shit, every single ghost. But um, we are going to, you know, kind of hit the highlights and some of the details with a few of them. And we're actually doing like, it's not just ghosts, but like hauntings as well. And, and other, other things that kind of fall under the, the big umbrella of ghosts and, and hauntings and whatnot. So, um yeah ted you want to start uh, getting into some of these sure uh the first one i'm i'm going to go on the record now and say that I, I think it's flimsy to call this one a ghost but but you included it so we'll cover it briefly at least and that is the mothman yeah i like i said we, we were talking about this a little bit off air and then we wanted to save this conversation for the actual podcast you know i was approached by a couple people when i did ask for you know popular ghost stories i'm i'm not super well read on the topic so i wanted some quote-unquote expert opinions or you know i know knowing that we have a lot of listeners that um, choose to believe and and or or at least find this kind of stuff fascinating they reached out to me with a lot of information and one of the common denominators was mothman and um you had the interesting point that it it borders more on the what the cryptozoology side of things arguably yeah yeah um like i said a couple people did bring up mothman when i asked for um, you know a popular uh, ghost stories or urban legends so i figured it warranted being on this list 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's all good, but no, we're going to skip this one and talk about it on a later episode uh, of this series. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in that, all you Mothman fans, because I, <laughs> I like the Mothman mythos, as it were. Uh, yeah, but, it's very... Uh, time and a place for everything, and this is neither. For sure, yeah. Um, but next up, um, this one, uh, pretty much everyone, uh, ghost fans and not, have heard of this one. The Bell Witch. Woo-woo, Tennessee represent. Yeah. Um, apparently, there's a lot of haunted shit in Tennessee. Did you yes, know it, that? It's good to be known for something other than horrific racism <laughs> as a state. <laughs> yes, in fact, it is. Uh, you know, we're we're known for a few things. The uh, the volunteer states, the uh, the nicest state in the union. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we got a shit ton of ghosts, too. So you better watch your back. Um, you don't want a haunting coming for you. But yeah, uh, the Bell Witch. So apparently it is from Robertson County. Uh, and a little bit of history about it. It, it occurred um, in the early 1800s, about from 1817, from like the initial sightings to about 1821. And it affected John Bell Sr. and his family. The basically the what do you call it? The the Bible, I guess, for lack of better words, when it comes to the the literature behind the Bell Witch is um, a book written by a journalist named Martin V. Ingram, um, and it's called the authenticated history of the bell witch uh i you know it's real because it's got the word authentic in it yes um i mean you can't just stick that in any book title and expect would do that just write words that aren't true no it was abraham lincoln himself that said everything on the internet is real so yeah (laughs) um yeah (laughs) right yeah i mean and it has to be true i'm i found it on wikipedia Mm -hmm. And Honest Abe said it, so Honest yeah. is right there in the name. Right, exactly. I mean, you can't just go around calling yourself Honest and tell fucking lies all day. I mean, yeah, that that's not how move. this works. Yeah, that would be a dick move. Um, what if he really was a vampire hunter? <laughs> <laughs> that would be dope as fuck. Like, that would make me love Abraham Lincoln even more. Into slavery, killed vampires. That's a <laughs> right. <pretty solid> resume. <laughs> I mean, like, 10 out of 10 would recommend I'd hire that dude. Yeah. So things started getting real weird around the Bell household when they started um, seeing just random apparitions outside. Uh, the daughter started seeing, um, you know, weird figures swinging from trees. And they experienced this for a while until the strangeness made its way indoors where they started hearing like scratching on walls and like chains on the floor and random fighting dogs. Um, it got real, wor- real weird real quick, apparently. Um, John Bell apparently start uh, began to have some mouth paralysis and apparently the intensity inside reached a point where like sheets were being pulled off of their beds and like the kids had unexplained physical harm, like while they were sleeping and at night. Um, so crazy shit like that. Is it crazy? Kinda. I feel like if you wanted to, um, especially with this being in the early 1800s, you could uh, 
pick a handful of reasons just off the top of your head to explain all these. Um, you know, we're, we're not really here to um, shit on anyone's parade, um, so to speak, for if you do choose to believe in the events of the Bell Witch. But yeah, uh, Ted, what do you think? Um, I don't know, man. It's hard to sort of remove myself from this because, you know, growing up, you know, Robertson County, and, and this is not that far away right? from from where I grew up, where, you know, kind of the area we live in now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to remove myself from it because um, it's a story that I grew up hearing. You know, people lie about shit all the time you know <laughs> right um it could be that this family just all had a communal communal bad acid trip <laughs> that is my official stance <laughs> yeah i feel like growing up they were a little more liberal with the mushrooms they found in the forest right like right like the you know the the dad and the son that's like five years old they go walking in the forest to pick berries and shit and the son's like ooh, mushrooms and not having one of those fancy machines that tells you the uh, the levels of psilocybin in it, um, they're just like, yeah, that should be fine to eat. Yeah, it turns out they're just a family of lightweights. So, <laughs> Joe Rogan is not impressed, bros. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good pull there, um, but yeah, so that's that's the Bell Witch, uh, not uh, comprehensively, of course. Like we said, that's not what you're going to get here, but. In a nutshell, um, some so-called weird shit went down. Who knows if it was actually weird shit? Uh, like Ted said, it could have been. It's just a a bad trip um, where they started seeing shit, which tends to happen on trips. Yeah, well, you know, the reason I bring that up is because um, some historians think that's what happened in Salem. Right, yes. Um, is that um, the, the bread got... Um, it's a specific type of mold, and now I can't think of the, the name of it. But uh, oh yeah, I it's like it, it basically presents with similar sort of symptoms as like a bad trip, right? Yeah, and honestly, like I find that fascinating. Like, yes, it is fucking terrible that a lot of people had to die in the Salem witch trials. Um, for basically absolutely nothing but yeah that it is kind of fascinating to me like the science side of me that that does every once in a while like to prove something like that Uh, just to have that as the conclusion is kind of mentally satisfying does that make sense yeah there have been a couple of instances that historians think have basically been attributed to the like bad food preparation techniques where mold was ingested that had similar properties, but neither here nor there. Right. Uh, the lady in white is another big, big legend. There's, there's actually several different quote unquote white ladies, mm-hmm. um, historically, but, uh, a lot of them, basically all of them have the same kind of story or background. Uh, and that is, they're essentially like related to tragedy, a, a tragedy of some kind. Right. Um, Brazil has a popular legend about um, a lady in white who died, died during childbirth. Um, so she appears and is sad, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Um, some of them are pretty harmless, uh, other than, you know, they would just be scary, I would assume, but, um, they're not like some other poltergeist, like the Bell Witch, for example, that, you know, want to fuck your day up. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I told you that I, I did have one single ghost experience and the only thing that I, in my research that I found that I could contribute to my personal experience is the lady in white. Um, or it was just straight up a, the ghost of one of Andrew Jackson's slaves. Like that's, that's kind of what I think happened. Um, I mean, the, the short version is that I was driving home from Starbucks one night. I I was, um, I was working a part-time job there. It was typically nights and weekends. And so I was driving home one night. It was late. And at the time I was living in Hermitage and we lived, you know, like a stone's stone's throw from the actual Hermitage, Andrew Jackson's house. And so I was, I was about to pass. I was maybe a quarter mile down the road and I see this lady in white, um, walking on my side of the road and I thought like it was kind of odd it was a very stark contrast she was African-American this very elaborate kind of gown I couldn't figure out if it was like a a wedding gown or like a old-timey like sleep um like nightgown I guess but yeah, it, it was it was very weird. Um, nothing like I've ever seen before. And you remember that scene from Kill Bill 2 where she climbs out of the grave and she's crossing the road to that diner. And the dude's like in there like about to take a sip of coffee or whatever. And he sees her like crossing the street and she's got like um, dirt like trailing behind her. Yeah. Um, so... That's kind of what it looked like, but it wasn't dirt. It was just like this puffy white cloud that was like surrounding her. It was crazy. Um, and I, what I was hoping would happen was I would get real close, be like, oh yeah, like she just like looks like someone that lived around there. Cause you know, there, there was other, um, there was a few subdivisions, including mine in that area. And, but no, like the closer I got, I was like, this shit looks real weird. And there was just like this drop in my stomach for whatever reason. Like I had never felt that like level of fear and terror before. Um, you know, like I said, it could have been nothing. It could have been a ghost. Um, it's the really the only experience I've ever had. (laughs) it could have been, um, but yeah. Um, so and it could have been a lady in white to to circle back around but yeah next up coming away from like ghost individuals or figures moving more towards like hauntings um ted what do you know about alcatraz well other other than uh, the fact that it was a prison it was a prison Mm -hmm. um i don't believe in ghosts but no you don't say Huh? You don't say. Yeah, that may have come up a couple of times. Um, the only time I've ever had what you could consider a ghostly experience was at Alcatraz. Okay. Um, I was on one of the tours, and they talk about, you know, Alcatraz being haunted because, you know, tourists eat that kind of shit up. Mm-hmm. And 
anytime that there's a place that has a history like Alcatraz, you know, people are quick to throw the restless spirits angle on there. So they can milk that, you know, anyway, um, at one point on the tour, they let you go into one of these solitary confinement holding cells. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was me and my uncle with a group of other people. My back was against the wall. I was back in a corner. So my right shoulder was basically in the corner and my back was against the wall. Okay. So I had a wall on my right side and at my back. There was nobody, nobody could have been behind me. Um, there was nobody within arm's reach of me on my left. Okay. Cell was probably 10 by six, something like that. So we fit a few people in there and there was still some room, you know, that you could maneuver around. But if you took a step or two, you would have bumped into somebody else. But like I said, I remember there was nobody, nobody close, nobody with an arm's reach of me to my left. When they shut the door, it's pitch black. Mm-hmm. And I felt something touch my back. <laughs> now, you know, there's a very good chance that it was somebody fucking with me. Sure. Which is what I've always believed. But, um, you know, I, I tell that story because it endears me to people who believe in ghosts and they think, oh, he's just a rapscallion telling all these crazy jokes. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, Alcatraz is always really interesting to me. And, and, and you know, I don't want to turn this into the Alca- t- t- the Ted talks about Alcatraz hour. Um, right. But I will say that it's it's supposedly very, very haunted and probably for very good reason (laughs) (laughs) yeah um now i was doing a bit of research on alcatraz because you know i'm i'm not necessarily from the san francisco area but i was born like less than an hour north of san francisco so it's kind of near and dear to my heart anyways so it's kind of a crime against humanity that i did not know as uh really anything about Alcatraz so I did a little bit of a deep dive and it turns out like it's widely um inaccurately depicted in movies like uh, apparently it was um not as bad as like it's made out to be it's not like Satan's lair where you go and like just fireballs are shoved up your ass all day long um it's not really like that it's um you know people like got to do things uh, if they were, they had good behavior and um, you know, that from the people that did hard time at like really bad places, it had actually had a reputation of being pretty fair, like to its inmates, um, which I, I found pretty interesting. So um, the, the fact that, you know, aside from the fact that it's surrounded by water and escaping is practically impossible um yeah it's is fun to learn a little bit about it so I, I definitely encourage you to even just like the alcatraz like website where you can go and look up little factoids and i think it has like the tour information and stuff on there too so definitely recommend that it's a fun read yeah it's um it's a really interesting place um even, you know, like ghosts and paranormal stuff aside, just the history of it, I think is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we have basically one more haunting that uh, we got to get through. And then we are going to dive into a ghost story from uh, one of our, our write-ins from our, one of our listeners. Um, aren't you excited about that, Ted? I'm excited. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not going to spoil who it's from just yet, you know, but uh, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Despite, you know, my inherent negativity, basically, <laughs> about the whole <laughs> subject. Um, but, you know, speaking of the last uh, the last haunting you have, you picked a doozy. Yeah. One. Yeah, it's so this was actually a kind of a, a hotel or haunting, etc. thing that we both were kind of cognizant of or, or aware of like it, it in terms of it existing but we didn't know that it was like this particular hotel we just had heard stories surrounding things that went down at this hotel um yeah and then we you know i looked into it because someone had brought it up and I was like, oh shit, well, that's where this thing went down. And I asked you if you had heard of it and you were like, oh yeah, isn't that the thing where the girl did such and such? And so, yeah, we, you know, found a couple articles uh, that, you know, had, that were pretty detailed and yeah, like this, this hotel is haunted AF. <laughs> like it's basically the devil's lair. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, just if you, if you ever are in Los Angeles, just stay somewhere else like find a keep on trucking down the street don't yeah yeah find a friend or you know go to any of the other billion hotels i'm sure that are available there unless you just enjoy staying at haunted places and then in that case go for it yeah i mean if you want to recreate living loss or uh, leaving las vegas and then do it in (laughs) los angeles instead i guess you could do worse than the murder hotel right uh so the hotel that we are referring to is none other, none other than the Cecil hotel, uh, Cecil or Cecil. Uh, we're we're going to go with Cecil. So we don't have to say Cecil or Cecil every fucking time. Yeah. Also because it sort of rhymes with evil. So I feel like that's fitting. Sure. Yeah. So if we are mispronouncing it, we apologize. No, you know, you can, don't, you don't can, lie to these people. <laughs> you can, um, actually us on the social media interwebs. If you want, um, I'm not going to care because, uh, I have better things to do with my life. But anyways, so yeah, it is the Cecil Hotel. And like we said, it's basically the most haunted fucking place of all time. It was built in 1924. It was kind of built f- to uh, have all these rich, uh, wealthy people come and stay at it. But then the Great Depression hit um, and all of a sudden Skid Row became a thing, which is like right around the corner. Um, and we all know, you know, that Skid Row is known for <laughs> its classy folks, right? Yeah, and a um, couple of banger tracks, but uh, <laughs> right, that's a different Skid Row, yeah. though, right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> we're, we're talking about ones with like heroin needles, and well, yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the band. <laughs> um. Anyways, so. Basically, shit started going down in 1931, where it experienced its first suicide. Um, Someone's body was discovered in a pile of poison capsules. Um, So, yeah, what a what a great way to kick things off. Then only a few years later, 1937, um, a 25 year old uh, became the fourth person to die at the hotel. And. she fell from the ninth story uh, and her, apparently her body was tangled in telephone wires. So, I mean, that's a 
a way to go, I suppose. <laughs> a shitty one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm a, so I'm assuming it's like, you know, because this is back in the day where you had a telephone and it was, in fact, connected to the wall by a long ass wire because um, that's how phones worked. And so I'm just imagining like a 50 foot telephone cord. Uh, I mean, I guess that's the situation. I bet like the new heads that listen to our podcast are like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Well, David, um, I think that they mean like the telephone wires from poles. You think so? Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah. (sighs) That's even more fucked up. Yeah, that sucks even harder. Because like. Like, you have to go looking for that shit. Like, how? <laughs> I mean, well, I feel like if you fall nine stories, um, you don't have to really look for much. It just sort of finds you. Oh, so you think her body fell out and, like, fell through some telephone wires and she yeah. got tangled up in it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess that would make much sense. I guess my just overly elaborate, make things super complicated kind of brain was like, yeah, someone busted in there, um, strangled her. And then wrapped her up in telephone wires. Um, and I don't know. I guess I, it's just, I've spent way too much of this month reading true crime stuff, watching true crime stuff, watching horror. So we're pivoting to true crime. We already talked about that. Now, <laughs> I, the way you were describing it, it made it sound like a, like a yakety sax kind of moment where like she trips over a telephone wire and then falls out the window or something. And it gets tangled up in it on the way down. Which, <laughs> there's nothing funny about a young woman dying. Uh, no. that, that would be kind of amusing though if that were the case of her death yeah i mean a little it's okay she's dead what's what she gonna do <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah well we'll we'll move on from that one so uh fast forward a few few years later 1944 when a young woman uh gave birth in one of the hotel rooms and she for whatever reason threw her newborn out of the window in a panic she was I, testing your theory about telephone wires. Must have been. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure what kind of panic this was. Uh, maybe panic that she had a baby. Like, how am I supposed to deal with this? Yeet it into the sun! Um, I mean, I can't personally relate to that feeling. But, you know, some people just aren't ready for parenthood, I guess. And apparently um yeah just a few years later 1947 this is um so from what i read this is allegedly uh an alleged case it's not necessarily confirmed as fact but allegedly elizabeth shorts who if you don't know she was known as the black dahlia was spotted having a drink at the hotel i'm assuming the hotel bar um Uh, days before her murder so uh, you know her murder was not at the hotel but yeah i I don't know ted do you know much about the black dahlia Uh, i really don't know a whole lot about it yeah so um as we continue our pivot into true crime right uh the black dahlia was a young woman who was brutally murdered um and eviscerated in fact and then left and posed um and a really gruesome crime that really kind of caught the public attention and has sort of endured over the last 80, 80 some odd years uh, or close to it. Um, 
technically unsolved, I think. Um, mm -hmm. But of course, you know, the methods that were used back in the mid forties, uh, not what they are today. So a right. lot of things like DNA and all that didn't exist. There've been a lot of speculation or there has been a lot of speculation, I should say about who the killer was or killers were. Um, several people have come forward and said that it was this person definitively, but again, I don't think it's ever been officially solved. I do know that, um, I, I read a book on it uh, uh, by a by a man who who insisted that it was his father ha had been the Black Dahlia killer. Uh, mm. His name was uh, Hodel, I believe, George Hodel, or maybe his father's name was George Hodel. Um, and that was big news. You know, most of my family's from California, the same as yours. Sure, mine being from Southern California, particularly. So, um, you know, they they kind of followed that because they all lived there during that time, and it was you know okay. shocking. You know, sure. Um, wasn't there a band or there is a band called the Black Dahlia Murder? Yes, they're okay. they're they're dope. I enjoy them a lot. Um there there've been several movies about the Black Dahlia, um including okay. the film Black Dahlia with Josh Hartnett and Scarlett Johansson, I think. Is yeah, that was like a 2000s flick, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that that came out about 15 years ago. I want to say that was Brian De Palma. Was it? I think so. Damn, I need to check that shit out. I I don't think it was a very well-received movie. Um no. You know, but that's kind of so it goes like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty big case, and and still, I think technically is uh, a big case because, like I said, I don't I don't know that it's ever officially been closed. Uh, fast forward several years um, to 1984, we have a one Richard Ramirez. Um, he was actually known as the Night Stalker. I apologize. We're going to dip ever so slightly back into true crime, but I promise we're going to reel it back in. I'm telling you, um, that's the pivot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe, fuck it. We, we should just do it, you know, do the, do the serial thing. <laughs> um that joke lands for like the three people that get it so you know anyway <laughs> no i mean it landed with me and the two people in my head so anyways uh so yes this um ramirez went on a killing spree basically going uh, working his way from orange county to san francisco and while he was in la this hotel was the base of his operations, um, the Cecil Hotel. Um, and he even disposed of evidence using uh, the hotel's dumpster. So, you know, quite resourceful. At this point, the hotel's got to close, right? And we're only, <laughs> this is only through what, the 70s? Like, goddamn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's only been open basically for, you know, a few decades. And it's, and like, the ones that we've listed so far, those are basically the highlights. Like we're not hitting on every single one. Unfortunately, there's uh, after this, when I get a little bit more time, I really want to do a deeper dive into this hotel and figure out exactly everything that went down because that would appease my sick brain. Um, but anyways, so jumping forward a tiny bit to, uh, well, kind of jumping forward, but also jumping back. Um, in the 70s, a Austri Austrian, sorry, not Australian, Austrian serial killer named Jack Unter Unterweger, he was doing some prison time. And 
long story short, he wrote a memoir that, uh, I guess a lot of people ended up reading. Um, and it was a memoir about his life and I guess about the, the crimes that he had committed and society and the powers that be and police and just the whole nine, they all took it as like a sign of how the prison quote unquote reform reform system is actually working. And turns out that he basically tricked everyone. Like he just wrote a bunch of bullshit to, to in an attempt to trick everyone into thinking that he was reformed when in fact he was crazier than ever um, because he got out and he, he was able to get a job as, um, as a reporter and as a, um, as a journalist. And what he typically covered was murders of sex workers um, and, and prostitutes, which is quite coincidental because that was one of the main things that he was known for. So things started to kind of come to a head again for him when three sex workers were attacked and killed uh, in a way that mirrored his his previous crimes and most recent crimes that were of course not discovered yet and are connected to him at least and the police were basically they were eventually able to tie them tie those murders to him so yeah, basically the connection between him and the hotel was that during uh, a lot of these murders of these sex workers, they happened while he was like staying at the hotel in one of the rooms and just doing his investigating, quote unquote. Really, it was just, you know, killing folks. So that's cool. Um, but not really. Uh, we don't condone murder. Well, no, no, you're right. We don't. We don't condone yeah. murder. That is accurate. Um, so right around 2011, the proprietors of the Cecil Hotel, they were like, you know what? Maybe we should like rebrand. <laughs> a lot of bad vibes with this thing <laughs> here currently. Yeah, there's a lot of bad juju going on in this piece. So let us slap a new name on it. Give it a new coat of paint. Uh, I'm assuming both figuratively and physically. And they, they rebranded as stay on Maine, but that did not prevent bad shit from happening. Unfortunately, I am not sure of if there's been several more instances since then, but the most noteworthy after the rebranding and probably one of the most noteworthy period is the case of Elisa Lamb. So a lot of people, uh, especially within the true crime and paranormal communities, they know about this specific instance because it, out of all the terrible, crazy shit that's happened at this hotel, this is the one we have like the most quote unquote evidence on, or, you know, it's the most contemporary. So we have a lot of materials on it. It happened back in 2013. Uh, this Elisa Lamb, you know, if you may have seen the notorious YouTube video of her on the elevator, like getting on and off the elevator, pushing buttons, uh, poking her head out of the elevator or around the corner, acting like she's looking for someone. This is all unsolved, basically. Like, no one knows. 
you know, exactly why she was doing this, why she was getting on and off the elevator, looking around to see what was, uh, you know, maybe she was being followed, pushing all these elevator buttons. It's, it's a pretty damn big mystery, honestly. And it's basically culminated uh, or or climaxed with, uh, I think some residents of the hotel were complaining about water pressure in their showers and I guess their tubs and sinks. So the maintenance worker goes to check and he finds um, Lamb's body floating there. A lot of the mystery stems from how uh, not only about, you know, what was going on in the elevator, but her and how she wound up in the tank because it was on the, uh, the, the roof of the hotel which means that she would have she would have needed some sort of way to get up there and outside, uh, meaning she would need a key of some sort unless just somehow miraculously she was able to jimmy her way out uh, and onto the, the roof. But then there's still the issue of getting inside and she's, you know, if you look at the or watch the YouTube video, you know, she's not a, a big person. She's pretty tiny. She's... I, looks like she's shorter than I am. So, you know, um, it's, you know, you, I definitely suggest if you haven't looked into this a whole lot uh, to go look up more of the details on, on your end, uh, cause it would do it better justice than me trying to regurgitate, um, you know, everything in the most accurate detail, but yeah, it's, it's some crazy shit. Uh, I, I got nothing <laughs> when it comes to this one, you know, I, yeah. Um, I remember hearing about this online, um, you know, was true crime is basically like a cottage industry at this point. A lot of people try and flex their somewhat applicable reasoning powers, um, trying to figure these out, figure out sure. and solve some of these cases, which, you know, um, you'll never hear me say a good word about any police ever, but if they <laughs> haven't figured it out with all of their technology and, and, you know, uh, training, then, then random guy on the internet at number 12 there's there's no hope for you bro there's just not. <laughs> um but that said i i do remember this case and i feel like it was i don't know if it was officially considered solved or closed but i feel like uh it was decided that she she had had um like a a potentially undiagnosed mental disorder and yeah that it was yeah. it was accidental her death was accidental because she crawled in and and then accidentally locked herself in yeah it the couple of resources that I found on the interwebs, they said that she had either diagnosed or undiagnosed bipolar disorder. Um, I'm pretty sure it was diagnosed and, but whether or not she was medicated or not, I, I am not sure. So that, you know, that's, that definitely throws a, a red flag of some sort as to, you know, the possibility of, you know, like, you said, Ted, an accidental drowning, maybe, uh, I mean, if you're bipolar and you are juggling going on and off your meds intermittently like that, it, it really fucks with your brain. And I mean, I, I know, you know, I, I've lost a, f- a friend or two or you know, casual acquaintance to suicide because of 
the the needing to be on meds and not being on meds or hopping on and off meds it's it's a nasty business so uh you know that's definitely one potential um, possibility that that happens but yeah you know it's ted like you said um it's i'm not sure if they ever really reached a a conclusion or you know, they consider it case closed. It was, you know, accidental drowning or what, but yeah, it regardless, it's, it's still some creepy shit. Um, and I think there's even been talks about that YouTube footage being edited in some form or fashion. Um, and, and not just like cut down for, uh, you know, time's sake, like, right. you know, 20 minutes and they're like, Oh, well there's just like 10 minutes of her standing there. Um, you know, I, I believe from what I've read, it was like, yeah, if it was edited, it was to, you know, cut something out that you like they they quote unquote don't want you to see something like that. But that's also hearsay. It always kills me. Like and I think we, we have um, conspiracy theories on a different informal paranormal episode, but I'll go and throw this out there. Like, have you ever tried keeping a secret, David? Um, I have actually, and it's not very easy, is it? No. Not so, at least. my whole thing with conspiracy theories is like you're going to get multiple people, sometimes hundreds or thousands of people, to keep their yaps shut about this. Nobody's telling anybody. They're not telling their buddies. They're not telling their wives or husbands or anything. Like, no, no, shut the fuck up. That's not. <laughs> that's not how people work. Right. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. Um. But yeah, that's that's about it that we got for the Cecil Hotel. Um, stay at a fucking Holiday Inn is basically the moral of the story for that. <laughs> yes, stay at the Holiday Inn. The Hotel uh, Motel Holiday Inn. Yes, that is exactly what... That's, that's what you should take away from this podcast, actually, yes. is stay at the Holiday Inn. They don't um, pay us, but maybe no. one day. <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of dope as fuck. Like, it would be a, a weird sponsor to take on for us. Like, you know, all podcasts do. You've like... heard about the murder hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for a hotel where you're probably not going to get murdered at, go stay at the Holiday Inn Express. Can't promise it, but good chance that it doesn't happen. <laughs> right. Like this hotel has a significantly smaller amount of murders, deaths and suicides than the Cecil Hotel. Um, so, yeah. Um well, do you, uh, Ted, do you have any other thoughts about the the topics that we've touched on thus far, the ghosts and hauntings, before we dive into our listener story? No, I do not. Okay, cool. So, we actually have quite a bit of extra content that comes along with this episode and we are going to give you a little bit of teaser content right now. Uh, you know, like I said, we did have our listeners, uh, you know, DM me with their ghost stories. And it's a lot. And I want to, we want to give everyone the opportunity to have their stories heard in some form or fashion. But <clears throat> to just read one after another on this one episode would be kind of a lot, especially paired with what we've talked about thus far. It'd just be so much longer than our average duration. So 
Yeah, and the last thing anybody wants is a longer episode from us. Right. So what we're going to do, we're going to read uh, a story from one of our, she's kind of, sort of a patron. Um, she was on the show with her husband, Mac, for the Star Trek episode, which was actually a lot of fun. Um, I got schooled in the the, the land of, uh, the world of Star Trek. It was a good time, but yeah, so... We are going to highlight her story um, uh, in this little teaser bit. And then we are going to record the other stories. Um, We're going to do readings of the listener write-ins, but they will be released as quote-unquote bonus content. And if you would like to sign up for our Patreon, either the $2 or $5 a month, or you can even just make a a small... uh, amount a small donation amount of one dollar a one-time donation you can have access to that content um which will be the other ghost stories from our listener write-ins and the two conversations two one-on-one conversations that i had one with uh, my dear friend megan zimmerman and from my other friend miranda um those will be released as well uh under the the bonus content umbrella that you can get if you just want to throw us a dollar or sign up to be our monthly patrons so yeah um ted you want to uh would you like to do the honors or would you like how'd you like to do this i will <clears throat> uh, i will do the honors okay i will do okay. the thing okie dokie All right, uh, as David said, this story comes to us, or I guess it's actually a couple of uh, short stories, come to us from a friend of the show, Tiffany Elder. Uh, She is good people. And while I uh, think that there's probably a rational explanation for what you're about to hear, she thinks that it's ghosts. So uh, out of respect to her and for the fact that, um, you know, like I said, she has good people. And she took the time to... she She did take the time to do this. I will take this as seriously as possible and save all witty comments till the end. (laughs) thank you ted i make no promises but i intend to do that all right so uh here's tiffany's story when i was a kid we lived next to my grandparents who still lived in the house that my mother had grown up in my grandfather passed away and my grandmother moved to north carolina to live with my aunt so we moved into their house Uh, there were always little funny things happening lights would go on and off TV changed channels, etc. We always joked about having a ghost, and my parents even went so far as to name him Clarence. It was just a funny family joke to blame things on. One night, I was in bed, and I heard someone walking around. Very distinctive and obvious footsteps from across the room above my bed in the attic. We weren't supposed to go up there alone, but I loved to be up there, so I figured if one of my parents was up there getting something, I could go hang out with them. I headed up, and the lights weren't on. I turned them on, and I didn't see anyone. Creepy. Uh, I went back down to the second level of the house and then continued down to the first floor and both of my parents were there watching television. I asked who had been in the attic and told them that I'd heard someone walking around up there. My dad became a little freaked out and went up with a baseball bat because I was adamant that I heard footsteps. That's good parenting right there. Uh, respect mm-hmm. to her father. Yes. I'm doing a great job of holding all witty comments in the end. Uh, he looked in every room, but there was no one there. They told me it was either in my head or I was making it up. It could have been just old house noises. I would hear it sometimes, but any time I went to look, no one was there. Uh, I was later told, in a totally different context, not even taking this story into account, that my grandparents used to rent out the attic to a couple in the late 1970s. They were a Mexican couple, and one day they just disappeared. Uh, 
Uh, I guess no one questioned it and everyone assumed that they had been here um, under false pretenses. And sometimes people in that position would just disappear without giving any notice. I've always wondered if something happened to them and they haunted my damn attic. That would be shitty, right? Like you, you don't even know these people existed and they're haunting your house. Ain't that a bitch? Right. Just be like, man, I don't even know you. This is my purse. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. <laughs> they don't even live here. Anyway, that's, that's not here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, scary shit. Uh, that is, that is freaky. Yeah. This is one of the, the several that I got to read like in the dark at like nine or 10 at night as they just came flooding in my inbox. Mm. And I was like, well, time to shit my pants. <laughs> uh, Tiffany writes that um, uh, later on, I used to live in a really creepy house where I felt uncomfortable constantly. We had a super fucking creepy basement, her words, uh, that we call the murder basement. That's, not, that's probably fitting. It's probably fitting. <laughs> uh, I could not walk past the stairs that went up to the second floor without feeling like if I looked, someone was going to be standing at the top staring at me. I used to run past the things. They gave me the creeps so bad. Years later, long after moving out of that house, I found out that it used to be a fucking funeral home. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my bedroom, uh, the bedroom I had there was not even an original room. The downstairs was one big area, but had been turned into a bedroom, living room, and dining room with added walls. Um, and my room was probably uh, very close to where they used to have funerals. So, wow, that's, fuck that house. <laughs> 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 That's exactly what I said. I was, I was like, I just texted back like your your life and your houses have been haunted AF. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm Audi five thousand. Yeah. Um, that's basically like a like if six feet under wasn't about like how terrible it is to run a funeral home. It would be how terrible it is to run a funeral home because your house is fucking haunted with all the dead people that have come through it. Yeah. Um. How unfortunate. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tiffany, for for writing in with your stories and sharing your stories. Uh, we do appreciate it. Um, and we apologize for your crazy um, childhood and your upbringing where you had to experience said uh, creepy-ass paranormal shit. That's yes, and uh, also... If you find a really good deal on a house, there is a uh, direct correlation with how cheap it is and how haunted it is, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a good takeaway that we could we could get from, you know, uh, I wonder if Zillow has that on their website. Just be like... How, how, how many people have been murdered in my basement? <laughs> <laughs> right, like, they should have, like, a very specific kind of, like, Carfax report for a house where it's like how many people have died and how have how have they died and what is the likelihood that it is haunted that's the kind of house hunters show i want right it's like you know uh, it's like <laughs> i love the memes where it's like uh you know i uh, i raise raccoons and my wife teaches english as a second language <laughs> to baboons um our budget is 14 million dollars like i love those fucking memes but really i want the house hunters episode where it's like you know, we're, we're goth and we're looking for a house where at least four people have been ritually murdered. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's ultra specific. Well, I'm, you know, 
when you're goth, you do things in a specific way, David. Yeah. I mean, you know, niche is king, I suppose. Uh, I mean, that's that's how our our industry goes, the podcast industry, uh, you know. So what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, like, like I said, Tiffany, thanks so much for writing in. And once again, if you would like to check out the other uh, listener write-in stories, and the two other bonus episodes that will be released, um, the one-on-one conversations that I had, uh, all it takes is one single dollar. Um, that's like less of a than the price of an iced coffee um, or, you know, a, a shitty cup of coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. Doesn't even cost uh, that That'll much. be the last uh, Dunkies slander on this podcast, sir. <laughs> I'm I'm just joking. That that was actually I I don't know. I could have used like some other shitty co- like what's a shitty coffee out there that like people pay money for? Do you know off the top of your head? Like I know some Gas people coffee basically. Sure, yeah. Like I know snobs will turn their nose up at like Pike Place from good old Starbucks. Like they're like Pike Place. It tastes like burnt dog shit, and I'm like, well, that's a little excessive. Also, uh, how do you how do you know? <laughs> I, i'm guessing you know dog poop on a sidewalk hot summer day i don't i don't know uh, but either way yes uh, the point that we're trying to make is that it doesn't cost that much to get this extra content and we hope that you spring for it because we definitely want to share it with as many people as possible um ted you want to do shit that doesn't suck yes i do cool uh would you like me to go first i can go first yeah if you want Sure. So last night, uh, I mean, this whole month, basically, I've talked about it uh, uh, several times already that I've been just binge watching horror movies. That's that's about it. Like, I'll watch a horror movie and if one is particularly fucked up and I think I'm going to have a hard and hard time going to sleep, I'll watch the office afterwards. That's about how this month has been going. Um, And last night I watched probably one of the most fun horror movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And that is ready or not. Um, Ted, have you seen this by chance? I can't remember. No, I have not. Okay. But you know of the movie I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm familiar with it. So yeah, this movie came out last year and it was kind of one of those where I was like, yeah, that'd probably be a good like DVD movie. Uh, But Honestly, I kind of wish I went to go see it in theaters because it was a lot of fun. Like it was, I'm not going to say it was unpredictable, but it had some fun twists and turns. Uh, you know, it's basically like a deadly game of hide and go seek. That's the, you know, chalk it up to that. And it was just a great mixture of a bunch of different horror subgenres, all encapsulated in like this this black humor or dark humor um, within horror. It was, it was good. Definitely recommend. So yeah, check that out. It's a, uh, Oh, if you have HBO max or, you know, whatever the other HBO streaming stuff is available, it's, it's on HBO right now to stream. Right on. Um, I heard a lot of mixed things about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, 
I think like a lot of that type of movie, if you're not a fan of horror to begin with, you're probably not going to care. Um, so you're just going to see the bad parts of it and not necessarily, you know, appreciate it as a, as a movie. Yeah. And, and even if you are a fan of horror, like it, it's not, I mean, we've talked about this plenty of times before the horror genre is so incredibly diverse. So, you know, what is uh, right up someone's alley for, you know, horror is the exact opposite for someone else so but i liked it right on uh, i'm gonna go in a different direction um as as usual <laughs> okay um i recently every now and then i'll just get like weird urges to watch movies from a specific director or from a specific series like um a while ago i was like i want to watch all the godzilla movies and <laughs> uh right you know uh i was looking for a movie to watch the other night and I was just like, I'm going to watch all of Akira Kurosawa stuff uh, or at least all of it that I have, uh, <laughs> which is quite the undertaking because he made a lot of fucking movies. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, man, just, you know, I can't say anything about him or his work that hasn't been said by a million other people and most of them better than what I'm going to say. But you know, the word master or genius gets thrown around a lot. Um, but those accolades are so fitting for him. Um, you know, just, just banger film after banger film after banger film. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, well, I plan on starting seven samurai, um, tonight. I probably won't finish it because it's like three and a half hours long. Um, and I have to sleep at some point cause I got to work in the morning, but, um, just like maybe the best movie ever <laughs> uh it's up there and you can say that about like four or five of his films uh you know off the top of my head so mm -hmm. uh i've just been getting into that i watched rashomon the other night and uh that one holds up you know uh dreams is i think is misunderstood but that's a great one as well and just just so many and you know he, he's remembered mostly for his um you know chanbaro or samurai films and you know obviously those are all fucking phenomenal but he had a lot of other films as well that are that are also good so just uh akira kurosawa in general is much right doesn't suck yeah uh i i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that i don't think i've seen any of his movies um and you know you can chastise me if you want because i definitely deserve it but I definitely know he's held in high regard. Uh, Ted, did you watch the uh, uh, said movies on with your Criterion subscription? Is yeah, so a lot it? of his films are on the Criterion channel uh, mm -hmm. streaming service, which is like ten bucks a month and has so many classic and foreign and you know underappreciated films on it. Uh, I've got a few of them on DVD or Blu-ray, um, so that that helped out some. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of his films are streaming on the Criterion channel, which is a pretty easy way to, uh, excuse me, to, you know, watch a few of them mm -hmm. for a small price, you know, or, I mean, they're, they're available on several different streaming services and you can probably get them from your local library as well. Right on. Cool. Um, all right. Well, yeah, I, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, Ted, thank you so much as always for joining me um, and being a series regular on this podcast. <laughs> Indeed, sir. 
Yes. Um, and listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you made it this far, you know, like usual, I'm sorry. And thank you so much for your, <laughs> for your listenership. We greatly appreciate it. Um, don't forget to check the social medias and, you know, there'll probably be some info in the podcast description as far as signing up uh, or, and donating to our Patreon so you can get that extra content. So definitely be on the lookout for that if you're interested. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Like usual, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast already, please do um, leave us a rating and review on Apple podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, helps us with getting discovered by people trying to look for new podcasts. Um, either one or five stars, nothing in between, none of this middle of the road shit, as Ted likes to say. That's right, you make a fucking decision and you stick by it, goddammit. Yeah, I mean, and if you're gonna give us a one star and a subsequent review, you better make it creative. Um, or else I will, you know, as always, I'll come take a shit on your front porch. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, do all that fun shit, go check out our Etsy page, there'll be a link for that below as well. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I think that's it. And as always, be kind, stay kiki, and eat lots of cheesecake. Bye!